I thank God for saving me. Praise his name. Listen, listen, listen. You cannot, you cannot recollect what the Lord has done for you and keep quiet. You, you just can't keep quiet. You got to shout. You got to thank him. You got to praise him. You got to exalt him because he's worthy. In spite of us, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Bless his name. Praise him. 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 He's worthy. Praise him. Thank you. Our Father and our God, we come on this Lord's Day to stop Paul's and to part with thanksgiving in our hearts for what you have already done. God, if we were to praise you for the past, we'd be praising you for years to come. But we thank you for waking us up early this morning. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you because you're worthy to be praised. In spite of our mistakes, in spite of our, our, our defiance, in spite of our sins, you truly work out our good and your glory. And we give you the praise. Now meet us in your word. Convict, convince if need be convert. In Jesus' name. And thank you for the music. Thank you for the ministry of music. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's get a lot of hand clap. Come on. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. You know, I watch I watch folk in I watch I watch folk in worship. And they can never they never shout. They never have nothing to say with their mouth but they always run in their mouth. You're on Facebook, you're on all these social medias, you, got, you always got something to say, but when it come to God, you're like this. Something's wrong with your spiritual life. Can I get a witness? Because when I understand who he is, and when I understand what he has already done, when I understand, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the law. Can I get a witness? When I understand that he's my rock, 
and my refuge. He's my present help. I'm preaching already. In the time of trouble. And, and though the earth be removed, though the mountains go back into the sea, though the waters roar thereof, God is so deep, there's a stream that shall make glad the city of God. And when I feel the stream, I can say, be still and know that he is God. He's awesome. He's all that. Can I get a witness? And, and, and our job is to praise his name. To praise him is to glorify him. To praise him is to thank him. To praise him is to recognize him. To praise him is to affirm that scripture is true. Can I get a witness? Jesus is awesome. He's the Christ, the son of the living God. Forget what you dreamt about. Forget what's in your dream books. Forget what you talk about on the telephone. The only thing that counts is this Biblios. If the Lord said it, then I believe it, and that ends it. But they that wait, you gotta wait. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. He'll mount them up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. Can I get a witness? Because the Lord is your strength. And when he's your strength, you won't make it to the finish line. Can I get a witness? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, 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 shall come in the morning. Praise his name. Church, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ain't no rock gonna cry for me, Doc. You ain't gotta look for no rock to cry. Jesus said, if you don't praise me, I got rocks that'll praise me. Ain't no rock praising for me. I'm gonna praise him myself with or without a congregation. I'm gonna praise him in my kitchen. I'm going to praise him in my car. I'm going to praise him, hey, can I get a witness? In my bedroom, I'm going to praise him day and night because he's worthy. Jesus is worthy to be praised. Now, now let me throw this out. As the Lord keeps blessing me, amen. Do what he did, you'll get what he got. I'm not ashamed to praise him. I'm going to pay my 10% and more tithes. I'm going to walk the way the Lord wants me to walk. So when the Lord starts shuffling his blessings on Raymond Maurice Gordon, just look at me and say, you know what? If I did what he did, I'll get what he got. Can I get a witness? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ain't getting no amens on that. We all right. Praise him. This morning, this morning, this morning, we want to challenge you this morning with some, something that is um, simple but strategic in this walk of our Savior. Don't turn, but in Mark chapter 9, 20 to 22, please don't turn, we're, we're getting ready to move expeditiously, there is a, 
a narrative, there's a story of a man who had a demon-possessed son and Jesus approached, and, and some say this is in the context of him coming down from Mount Transfiguration with the inner circle, and the other nine disciples, say the other nine, couldn't heal him. And the man came to Jesus, fell on his knees and said, Lord, I, my son is possessed with a demon. And asked Jesus to heal him. And Jesus started asking questions. How long has your son been in this condition? And he said, a long time. The demon throws him around at will. And my son has burnt himself. He's got burn scars on him that he tried to hurt himself with self-mutilation. And Jesus' response was, have faith in God. And the man's reply was, I have a faith, but it's imperfect. I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, I'm in the atmosphere and attitude of faith, but I can't always make applicability to my faith. I'm preaching already. So, 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 so Jesus, Jesus said, Jesus, Jesus, uh, with his absolute authority, started speaking to the demons and said, I say, come out. And the demons came out. And uh, when they came out, the surrounding disciples said, well, Lord, what's the problem here? Why could we not heal him? You gave us power to cast out demons. And Jesus said, this kind, this, this obstinate kind of demonic force only comes out by continual prayer. In the Greek, the word fasting is not in there. By continual prayer. And you guys were so busy worried about who was the greatest that you didn't have the wherewithal to heal this man. Do I have a witness? And in, and, 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 and in this story, when the father knew that his son was demon-possessed, the Bible says he saw Jesus and fell down, and Jesus had compassion. This morning, we're going to look at our operative C, compassion. Show and tell. Turn to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Matthew 18, verse 21. I want to thank our great choir for a great song and great fellowship today. Matthew 18, now we're doing principle-based teaching, so I want you to grasp what's here. Matthew 18 and, uh, amen, uh, I'm sorry, verse, hang in there, verse 21 is the text I'm going to pick up, but Matthew 18 will be, amen, the sphere of his principle his practicality, and his parable to define what this thing is all about. We're in Matthew 18. That's all I need you to do. One, one of the greatest glimpses of God's grace is one's ability 
to grant another uh, gratuitous reprieve. That is, to see a fault and to be personally affected by another's failure and yet <clears throat> be willing to forgive and help facilitate. Mm. To be hit, to be hit by another, but to help the one that hit you. To be sympathetic of another's sin and suffering and yet <clears throat> serve as a resource so that this person that doesn't deserve it can be blessed by your service. We've established in this <clears throat> six-week getaway that all relationships parent-child, now think about the parent-child relationship, the prodigal son must have compassion. This son, this unruly son, this son who practiced wild wickedness, went out and wasted all of his money. And he disrespectively, he disrespected his father by saying, give me what belongs to me. When you look at Jewish custom, the, the father didn't owe him anything. He wasn't the oldest. He was the youngest. The oldest gets two-thirds. The youngest might get one-third, providing he's living out the customs of the law, respecting your mother and father. The father gave it to him. He went out. He wasted it all. And then his waste, he came to his senses. God has a way of bringing unruly children back clothed in their right mind. Do I have a witness? What you can't teach nor enforce, circumstances will. And, and, and I'm so sick of young people talking about, well, my friend, my buddy, my, my sorority, my fraternity. Let me tell you something. When your money run out, run them out too. Nobody but your family, now, let, me, let me say it again, nobody but your family is going to care for you the way you need to be cared for. Do I have a witness? Yeah, yeah, I thought, I, I thought I'd throw that in there. And, and so this prodigal son relationship was a parent-child relationship, and the father plays the part of God the father. He, 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 he prays, he waits. He sees the son clothed in his right mind coming over the hill. He opens up his arms. He puts on him a robe or sandals a ring and tell him, tells his other brother, kill the fatted calf. My son who was dead is now alive. But it started with the father's compassion. Do I have a witness? The other brother stayed home. He wasn't compassionate at all. He said, you never gave me a party. And now when this thy son comes home, you want to throw him a party. There's somebody in your household who resents how much you love one of your other children. They resent it. Especially if they can't identify 
Lord have mercy. This one's going to get deep. If they can't identify with what the other one is doing. I, I, I remember uh, 20, 20, 25 years ago, I used to, I was pastoring. I go to my mother's house in Philly and my mother father sit there. I said, you guys all right? Yeah, I pull out $150 say, here, here's some money for you. And, 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 and then when I gave my mother the money, I used to sit there and say, now don't give it to my other siblings. My sister, my brother, don't do it. So my mother said, well, didn't you give the money to me? And, and then the spirit, the spirit dawned on me what I was doing. Out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to give you money. Now I'm going to dictate how to spend it. And, uh, and, see, and see, I'm not a mother. A true mother has love for all her children. Can I get a witness? Oh, this thing is going somewhere. And, and the one giving you the most trouble, you'll still take care of. Do I have a witness? Uh, the one that spits in your face, the one that can't stay in the same room with you, you still have a yearning to help that child out. So when I gave her the money, I knew where it was going. But the prodigal son and then the husband-wife relationship needs compassion. God told Hosea the prophet, I want you to go out and marry a prostitute. Can you believe that God? No, he didn't say this to me. He said it to Hosea, and he said, I want you to go marry a prostitute, and she's going to run on you with other lovers, and I want you to love her with a steadfast his hesed in the Hebrew, uh, uh, the hesed love, yeah, because just as you love that woman that don't deserve love, I'm going to love Israel that doesn't deserve love. So, so, so we see the, the, the parent-child, we see the, 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 the husband-wife, and then, and, then, and, then, and then we see the co-workers, the partnership, the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abraham fought and had to be separated. And then, and then we see even the church family, Paul and Barnabas, whose contention was so great they never came back together again. Never said, I'm sorry, I apologize. And Paul wrote the chapter on love. The, the division was so sharp, never came back together again. No, 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 no compassion. And all these relationships we establish begins with the comprehension, a comprehension of intimacy, which is to know and to be known. Yeah, and, and, and um, it's an intimacy that second is followed by commitment, which is work. Don't get married if you don't want to work. Stay right where you are, jobless, because relationships take work. Are y'all praying with me? It's work. It's, 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 it's acceptance. Amen. It's adaptation. It's adjustments. Lord, have mercy. It's, it's being loyal and liberating one another. That, that's work. Isn't that work? 
That's work when you have to negotiate, you disagree, but you got to work out an agreement. That's work. That's negotiation. And, and, and so iron is sharpening iron. Amen. And, 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 and so we dealt with the comprehension, the commitment, and then third, another part of a relationship is conflict. Agon is the Greek word, agony. You got to go through some agony. With children, you got to go through some agony. With husband and wife, you got to go through some agony. Can I get a witness? Don't believe all this hype on television talking about compatibility and I, I got my, my soul made and we in love. Yeah, okay, hold on. I, I, y'all need to come to call Wednesday. I said, look, if you're looking for a mate, before you get married, check out the credit report. Go to City Hall and get a police report. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and one day, go to them on their job. Make sure they got a job. Praise the Lord. You can't make it on love. Love ain't never paid no bills. Love ain't, love can't go food shopping. Lord have mercy, this one's tight. And, 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 and so, child of God, we, we talked about conflict, amen, struggles, and strengthening one another. And, and this morning, our operative word is compassion. Oh, Lord. Yeah, one of those communicable attributes of God that God can pass on, providing we're yielding to the Holy Spirit. Now, Wednesday night, you weren't here. I know who was here. Wednesday night, <laughs> I, I taught in Bible study, and I dealt with the word attraction. And I said, I love potato chips. Pastor loves potato chips. I always love potato chips. Lays, hers, and all the rest of them. Love potato chips. Something about potato chips that I'm attracted to. In spite of the cholesterol reports and, and what, what to eat, what not to eat. And, and here's what I discovered. I said this Wednesday. I discovered that what is it about potato chips that I love? What is it about potato chips that attracts me to them? And the attraction is the salt. Something about that salt, boy. You say, well, how do you know it's salt? Well, because I, I was going through the aisles of the a grocery store and said, let me try to live right. And I got light salted potato chips. And then I got no salted potato chips. And I threw the bag of potato chips out. Too much salt is not good for blood pressure. Too much salt induces uh, you know, you are drinking a lot. Now, the, the fact of the matter is, I use that as a metaphor to say, watch your attractions. Because once that one element leaves, the attraction you don't want anymore. Oh, we're getting deep up in here, Doc, deep up in here. <sighs> when I married her for her shape, that ain't lasting. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. In the name of Jesus. I married him for his hair. Hey, Lassie. She got nice teeth. Just hold on. Help's on the way. You'll be fitted soon enough. 
in the name of Jesus. So the glass by your bed is not drinking water. But, but, but child of God, understand this. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> so, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> now, now, a lot of people going to buy me potato chips. Uh, don't go there. I buy my own. Listen, this thing on compassion is deeper than you think. It's strange that we can be compassionate to some, but not others. Mean, meaning, psychologically, that the ones we are able to be compassionate to must in some way, shape, or form, amen, there is no fear or failure interfacing with them. So I'm free to be compassionate with them. I don't have to live with you. I don't have to put up with you. I don't have to go through nothing with you. That's easy compassion. In fact, that's compassion from a, from a distance. The difference between sympathy and empathy, sympathy sees from a distance, I feel sorry for you. Empathy is me getting in your shoes. Do I have a witness? And see, the problem is you have not been in other people's shoes. So you got to be careful when you become Mr. and Mrs. Know-it-all about what they're going through. If you haven't walked a mile in somebody else's shoes, kind of shut your mouth up. Do I have a witness? Uh, uh, and, 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 and so, child of God, when we look at this matter of compassion, it, it's the ability to lift somebody from their liabilities. It's the ability, yes, Jesus, to make someone victorious who's been violated. Compassion, compassion. Here in chapter 18 of Matthew, beginning at verse 21, 22, and we're going to do as expeditiously as possible, there is a, there, there's a story here and there is a doctrine here and compassion, first of all, now listen to this, is defined by a movement of relief. Relief. How do you spell relief? And I'm not talking about rolling. It, it is. It is a movement. It's me moving to relieve someone else. Lord have mercy. It, it involves, watch this now, no record keeping. God didn't ask you to be an accountant. It, it is, it is, it, there, there is a principle followed by a practicality, followed by a parable here in chapter 18. I want to move through this as quickly as possible. The principle is, in chapter 18, he, Jesus teaches us the value, vitality, and veracity of forgiveness. Now stop. Well, I thought you were talking about compassion. Now you're talking about forgiveness because you can't have compassion without forgiveness. Amen. That's right. Why do we struggle with forgiveness? I'm going to tell you in a moment. Because we see ourselves as a superior person yes, sir. and the other as the inferior. We don't see our own sinfulness, but we can see their sinfulness. 
Lord, have mercy. It's getting good. We actually become a superior judge without a jury. In order for me to be unforgiving to you, I've already deducted that you are the lower person. I've already deducted that, amen, mm -hmm. in myself, I'm sinless compared to you. I can't get around the corner of admitting that I'm wrong. All right. And when people can't admit that they're wrong, they're blind as a bat with sunglasses on. And the more word and principles you put on that, the deeper you go under. Do I have a witness? So in this story of forgiveness, let's pick up at verse 15, chapter 18. Come on now, come with me. Moreover, this is Jesus talking. If thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Now stop. The onus is on the person who feels offended. I'm not supposed to be a mind reader that Dan got a problem with me. God didn't hold me to that. We ought to come to one another. And you can't come on osmosis. The Bible says in verse 15, there is a fault. Uh-oh. There's something that has trespassed it and it is a fault. And if you deal with it one-on-one, -on -one, you've gained the brother. Amen. Now, Proverbs said, if you, rebuke a, if you rebuke a fool, he'll hate you. Mm, my God. Step two is, if he won't hear you, take two or three witnesses to coincide with Deuteronomy 19, which is the law of witnesses. The proof of witnesses is to say, yes, pastor went to Green with, with two of us and said he was sorry. Amen. He didn't want to hear it. And then if he don't hear it, bring it to the leadership of the church. The reason I say leadership, that's inferred, implied, because you don't take this kind of, you don't take disputes and discipline in front of babes. You just don't do it. They can't handle it. So here's the principle here, and it's interesting. Jesus goes on to say, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Itchios to be, it can't be strong against my word. And, and he goes on with this thing on authority. And he goes on with this loosing and binding that I didn't cover this morning at 8 o'clock. And, and what Jesus is saying in the principle is, and whatever you and witnesses bind on earth, in the Greek, has already been bound in heaven. The binding and loosing doctrine here deals with the fact that you have a correct assessment of the principles and word of God and whatever you declare based on the principle stands. Yeah. Oh, not only on earth, but in heaven. Yeah. It stands. Yeah. But it's got to be accurate in its context. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. And, 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 and whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. First Corinthians chapter six, first first Corinthians chapter five. Um, first Corinthians chapter six, a man was going to bed with a stepmother, 
Paul said, put him out. I'm not even there, but put him out. And when they put the man out of the church, because he said a little leaven would leaven the whole lump, once that man repents, you got to let him back in. You, listen, you loosed him out. Now, binding, you got to bring him back. And, 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 and so the church is not a murder society. Christians are the only ones that kill their wounded. Let me, let me pause on that. Only one was saved all his life out of sight of Jesus was John the Baptist. John the Baptist was born saved. Yeah, he was born saved because he leaped in Elizabeth's womb. That was the Holy Ghost. He was born saved. We weren't born saved. We, we are sinners saved by grace. We had a sin life. Are, are y'all praying with me? I know it's hard for you to belch that up, but we had a sin life. So the way we did things in the world and the way we do things in Christ are, are totally different. That, amen, uh, God didn't ask you to judge and hurl people hither, thither, and everywhere. Jesus even told the Pharisees, let him that is without sin start casting stones. Are y'all getting this? Getting quiet on me again. And, 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 and so, child of God, the principle is that, amen, one brother ought to approach another brother and, 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 and point out the fault and ask for forgiveness. And once you ask for forgiveness, the other brother is obligated to forgive. Fellowship moves on. Yeah. Ain't no record keeping. Now, the principle, verse 21, moves to a practicality. So Peter, here's Peter, the inquisitive one, the impulsive one. Peter asked, well, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Verse 21. And Jesus said, 70 times 7, which is 490, which infers and implies innumerable times. You keep on forgiving as they keep on offending. It, 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 there's no, uh, I've had it up to here. Get out of my house. Uh, that ain't in the Bible. Do I have a witness? Now, let me slow up. Now, if you're paying all the bills, maybe you can use that scripture, but... <laughs> that, that, <laughs> but, but child of God, child of God! Lord, have mercy. I better not say that. Somebody, somebody be on the streets tonight. But look at this. So he gives Peter practicality in verse 22, and then Jesus moves to a parable, verse 23. He says, there is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king. Now, don't miss that. King which owed him 10,000 talents. Now, stop. 10,000 is a lot of, it, the, 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 the equation is a lot of money, right? But for as much as he had not to pay, he didn't have the money, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife, his children, and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, that's called mercy, and I will pay thee all. Now, 
The one that's not paying is not the one that's losing. The one that's sinning is not the one that's losing. The one that, oh Lord, you're going to get this on the way home. The one that's extending mercy is the one that's losing. And check this out. Look at this. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. Now, now this is our little operative word, moved. Moved with compassion. We're supposed to be fruit bearers. Mm-hmm. Salt light. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And some of us have no movement because we're constipated. And them folk down south had a remedy. They ain't have Exilax. You eat enough fruit, it'll start moving that mess. Can I get a witness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of us that are constipated need to go to diarrhea. Excuse excuse my little illustrations this morning, but something's got to move. You've been this way all your life. You've been stiff. You've been hard. You've been uh, uh, criticizing others. You've, you've been legalistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just hammer people over the head. You're hard because something is not operating in you. Wednesday night, I dealt with three effects the ice, we're hardened. You know what makes us hard? Our history, our hurts. The ice, we move to the iceberg that's hidden. Most of the iceberg you can't see is underwater. Isn't that right? So when I reach out to marry somebody, I ain't even seeing the whole picture of them. I, I know you got scuba diver. I, I know you, you can jump in underwater and see everything. You ain't seeing nothing. You're seeing what they show you. Some stuff is hidden. And then the highlight or the icing is when the Holy Spirit gives you full revelation of what's going on. Healing and help. Not what is hidden, not what is hardened. See, we, be, we can become hardened over the years. It's easy to become hard. It's easy for me to become hard. It's easy for you to become hard. It's easy to be hard in our relationships, hard with our kids, hard in our marriages. Hard. I was saying this morning, I got, I, got, I got two cousins. One, my first cousin was in Vietnam in 1966, the first calf. He was in a foxhole. They had a big shootout in the Viet Cong. He came home, made it home, and died of Agent Orange. Agent Orange had just caused all kinds of cancers in his body. I, had, I have a second cousin who's dying right now. We're trying to make sure he's saved. He, came, he, he was messing with drugs, kind of addicted, and nobody understood what was what. He too was in Vietnam, came home, started a major drug usage, and now they found out he got Agent Orange. This is from 66. Now, why did I bring it up? From a distance, all I see is the drug usage. 
I don't see the hidden. I don't see the hurt. I don't see the habits. I, I don't see what happened. And see, church folk are good at just looking at, yeah, the surface stuff and trying to draw, and trying to draw up, yeah, uh, some, some kind of orientation on that person. You don't know the history. I mean, the history doesn't excuse people, but the history gives you an education and an explanation. So in the parable, in the parable, in the parable, there's a movement, a rethinking. The man fell down. There, there's a release. Mercy showed up. The, the debt was forgiven. And there's a mending, a repairing. Our compassion to others ought to ultimately repair them. My God. That is... Compassion is defined by a movement towards release. I mean, yeah, yeah, toward, towards relief, 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 relief. Mm. And when we cannot forgive others, we are binding ourselves in chains. In fact, you're not even hurting the other person. You're hurting yourself. It's a boomerang. In 30 years of passing, I, I, I've, I've talked to couples, I've counseled, and I've, I've had people come to my store and say, you know what, I, you know, my, uh, my husband, my wife, they ain't right, they out in the street, they doing this, they doing that. And, and, and you could see the influx of sickness and despair, crying and shaking. And I asked a simple question, well, where, where's your husband now? Well, he, and here's where I found out he was. Hey! And you sitting in church crying, and you sitting in church, and oh, you got the same testimony every Sunday. Oh, and he out there, hey, <laughs> say it again. <laughs> yeah. Y'all better, this ain't affecting him. Your bitterness is affecting yourself. That's tight, but it's right. But, 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 but secondly, Dr. Bender, compassion is not only defined by relief, it's, it's, it is demonstrated by a ministry of renewal, a healing. Turn to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to be out your way. Go, go back. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. This, this is the life of Christ. Matthew 9, 36. If it's not in the word, we can't use it. Jesus is healing in, in chapter 9. Power over death, power over darkness, power over dumbness, power over disease. And, and, and now, in, in chapter 9, 36, the, the multitude show up, and he was Move! No, what, what is the key operative word for compassion? Moved! You got to be moved. He was moved with compassion. Lord, have mercy on them because they fainted 
and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And look, look what he tells the disciples, 37, 38. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray to the Lord of Saboeth to send more labor. The harvest is always greater than the labors. I had, a, I had another meeting, meeting Wednesday night on foreign missions. Great meeting. We are putting plans together to help support missionaries on the field. See, the tithe goes for the, the vision, the upkeep of the ministry, and all the stuff relative to that, staff and everything else, but it also goes to help other Christians. Check this out. Chapter 14, he's dealing with workers in the vineyard. Turn to chapter 14. Come on now. We're getting there. We're getting there. And look at verse 14 of chapter 14. For the sake of time. Praise the Lord. For the sake of time. 14, 14. Are you with me? And the Bible says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was what? Moved with compassion. See, the problem is the reason we can't show compassion is because we ain't got no movement. And the reason you ain't got no movement, because everything starts and stops with you. Me, myself, and I. When did you give up a meal so somebody else could eat? Your prayer life is between you, your kids, and maybe your mate. And I say maybe if he didn't get on your nerves. Your prayer life don't go outside your house. That's right. See, the way God operates, I'm coming in. As we extend ourselves in service to others, God promises to loop back and take care of us. <laughs> Y'all ain't getting this principle. When I, when I just close in on those that are dear to me, it ain't right. Can I get a witness? Yeah, that, that, that is, that is, that is, when you look at 1414, 14, look what it says, and Jesus moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick, brought them back to health, brought them back to health. Now, so, so, so we, 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 we partner with the mayors, we got a ministry for dope uh, fiends or dope addicts who can't help themselves to come alongside of them and help them get healed. Who are you to sit in a church pew and tell somebody you need to just do cold turkey? No, you're a turkey. Have you ever tried cold turkey? I don't know about addiction to drugs, but I've had other addictions. And some of them I'm still not over with. Oh, they're getting quiet up in here. Let me, some, some of them I'm still struggling with. Marriage ain't stop them. Church ain't stop them. My prayer life ain't stop them. There's some things I can't root out right now, and I'm trusting that God will root them out, and I'm going to drop a time. I'm going to drop an H-bomb on you right now. I'm going to drop a bomb on you that you will never hear from another pastor. God is so sovereign. 
Some of the stuff you praying to get rid of is not the devil that put it in there. It's God that put it in there to keep your butt humble. God allowed stuff to keep you on your knees. God allowed stuff like the thorn in the flesh when Paul prayed three times and the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient. God said, Paul, it's more important to me that you learn about my sufficiency than your suffering. God said, you can't graduate this school till you learn about sufficiency. I've been young, now I'm old. Can I get a witness? Yeah, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I know how to abase, I know how to abound. I know how to go up, I know how to go under. I know how to chill out, I know how to keep praising him. Some, some things in your life, God the Holy Ghost planned them, even though they're sinful. I know y'all can't deal with that. There's some pockets of sin God ain't gonna let you move right now. Lord have mercy. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 1 talks about two types of sin, sin of the flesh and the spirit. Sin of the flesh is self, amen, gratification. That's what feels good. Sin of the spirit is self-exaltation. That's when you think you all of that. And sometimes the self-exaltation is worse than the self-gratification. Lord, will you move this? Will you move this out of my way? Lord says, no, I ain't moving it. My grace. See, great, great, great. Grace is going to answer for the sin anyway. My, my grace is sufficient. I'm going to keep that thing in your life till your head gets right. Till your heart gets right. Till your will gets right. Till your mouth gets right. I'm going to keep this thing right in place. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Now, God is not responsible for your sin. God is not telling you to sin, but God is so sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, through whom he wants to do it, by what he wants to do it. That's what makes him God. You think Joseph had something to say about going from the pit to the palace? Not a thing. The law was with him. Daniel was in the lion's den. The law was with him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown in a fiery furnace. Lord was with them. You got to go through something. Can I get a witness? Don't we have to go through something? Don't we have to go through something? And then the Lord will pull us out. Well, wait a minute, preacher. This sounds crazy. Why do I have to go through stuff like this? The things that happen unto me. <laughs> have fallen out to the furtherance, I'm preaching now, of the gospel. See, can I get a witness? When the Lord called me to pastor and to preach, it's not all glorious. God said, I got to take you through some things so you can encourage my people. They need an object lesson that I could beat you, that circumstances would beat you down, but I would raise you back up, that I'm faithful. I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? And every child of God's got to go through something. 
Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, some in the blood. Oh! And in the great sorrows, we learn to sing a song. In the night seasons. You better have a song in the night seasons. Don't just sing up in St. Matthew's. Don't just sing at the women's and men's retreat. You better have a song when all hell is breaking out. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praise him, my Savior. Oh, the day long. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, there is renewal here. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. And then he squashed the hysteria, verse 22 to 28. What do you mean by that? Well, child of God, there are going to be some things that we don't understand. Somebody said we'll understand them better by and by. By and by is not heaven. That's down the line. Somewhere down the line before I die, God going to have me look back and say, this is why I allowed that. This is where I bought you from. This is why you suffered this. So I could get the glory. Can I get a witness? So, child of God, here in this story, Lord have mercy. Uh, this one is deep. In chapter 14, there is, yeah, a situation where God comes along and consoles and commits and compliments. Amen. Chapter 14, 22. Chapter 14, verse 22 to 28. All of that. Can I get a witness? And in this story, Jesus, amen, made the disciples get in the boat. Do I have a witness? He didn't ask them. He made them get into a boat. After he fed uh -huh, the hungry in verse 19. Do I have a witness? Verse 23, he sent the multitudes away. Look at your Bible. Uh, but the ship that he put the disciples in, he made them get in. Now let me stop, pause, and park. <laughs> the psalmist said in Psalm 23, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. There's some things you and I don't have a choice in. God will come along and make you go through it. Can I get a witness? And child of God, verse 24 says, they got into the ship and the ship was tossing to and fro and the fourth watch of the night which is 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock in the morning, Dr. Friday night, Jesus comes walking on the water, and they were troubled. They thought they saw a ghost, and Jesus said, verse 27, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. He's dealing with the hysteria. In order for you to know that he could deliver you from a storm, he got to put you in the storm. Do I have a witness? Y'all ain't getting that. Y'all get that on the way home. So you got to say, what storms are in my life so he can pull me out of the storm? He got to create a storm. 
before he can pull you out of the storm. Do I have a witness? And, and here go Peter again, Peter the apostle, Peter the center of attraction. Lord, bid me to come. Now, don't no other disciples ask that. I was saying this morning, if I was in a rowboat and I saw Jesus, Abraham, and Moses coming, I ain't getting out of the boat. Here go Peter, bid me to come. Peter started walking on that water, got good to him. A wave hit him, bing, he took his eyes off Jesus and went under. And when you and I take our eyes off Jesus, we are going under. All of this started with a compassion, a movement. And finally, turn to Luke 7, we close. Compassion is not only a relief, yeah, but and a renewal, but compassion, amen. Third is a raising up. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 7 of Luke, 11 to 13. Chapter 7 of Luke, 11 to 13, and we're going to close. Check this out. I love love these gospels, man. I love these. They're powerful. Can I get a witness? In chapter 7, chapter 7, chapter 7, chapter 7, chapter 7. Thank you, Lord. Here we go, verse 11. And the Bible says, and it came to pass. The day after, the day after what? I'm glad you asked. Amen. The day after Jesus was healing sicknesses. Chapter 7, 1 through 10. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out the only son of a mother, and she was a widow, and much people were crying, and with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. Can I get a witness? Now, child of God, In all of these miracles, there is always the element of election. When God raised Lazarus, Lazarus was elected to be raised. There were other dead people God didn't touch. When the woman with the blood issue touched the hem of his garment, many had touched him, but none were healed but her. Do I have a witness? So Jesus sees this mother, and he's got compassion on her, and he came and touched the coffin. Now, wait a minute. I'm dead in a coffin, and he's going to touch the coffin. He touches the coffin to establish who he is. You get this on the way home. Isaiah talks about messianic promises. And any prophet or priest could not touch a dead thing and be ceremoniously unclean. They couldn't be clean once they touch a dead body. Here's Jesus saying, I'm going to prove without a doubt that I'm the Messiah. I'm going to touch the coffin with a dead man in it, and I'm still God. Can I get a witness? Because when you look at this, Lord have mercy, 
And the Bible says he touched the bar and, and, and they that bear him stood still and he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. Do I have a witness? Child of God, when Jesus uh, saw us, yeah, he uh, initiated some ministry in us. And thank you, Lord. I'm coming in for a landing. And he that was dead shut up. Now, now, now let me metaphorically deal with this. Jesus saw us before the foundation of the world. He saw our mess. He saw our mess-ups. He saw our miscues. Do I have a witness? But Jesus said, I say unto you, Raymond Gordon, get up. And the Bible says that I sat up. It wasn't the first time folks sat up. When he died on the cross and he dropped his head in the locks of his shoulders. When he said, it is finished and died, didn't he die? He died <laughs> till the sun stopped shining. He died till the earth stopped reeling around. He died to a Roman centurion said, surely this was the son of God. Didn't he die? Well, when he died, everybody in the graves in Jerusalem sat up because redemption had been paid. But they couldn't get up. I'm getting you out of the head right now. They couldn't get up because he had to get up first because he's the first fruits. Can I get a witness? There's a difference in your sins being forgiven and you having the power to walk in the newness of life. Do I have a witness? They sat up, they sat up, they sat up, they sat up. Mm. He had pity on them. And they start speaking. Lord, have mercy. Fear came on everybody. Yeah. He said, arise. The young man got up. Yeah. And he delivered him to his mother. And fear fell on everybody. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when our deliverance comes to us, uh, Jesus has to get us up. Now, now let, me, let me crystallize correct biblical doctrine. And I'm tired of these naysayers and I'm tired of these wrong interpreters of scripture. Salvation is of the Lord. You, don't even, you can't even be saved without him. And all that the Father give me, I shall lose none. Do I have a witness? And when Jesus saves you, he doesn't save you for you to then save yourself. He saves you from the guttermost to the uttermost. Meaning there's going to be some kind of change element in your life. I do I have a witness? Y'all get quiet all you want to. You can switch up to the point. You can switch your butt up to the point you get saved. And then some of that switching got to switch. I'm sick of this. You can't be saved and continue to sin as if you didn't know him because the Holy Spirit comes in and he's metamorphosizing. He's changing the way we live. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. 
It's called sanctification. Can I get a witness? I'm getting out your way. Hey, set up. He spake. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said, Now, you disciples of John the Baptist, go tell John what you've seen. And I kill venom. I deal with vices. I've given the victory. And I am the vehicle. Compassion is to release somebody else without keeping records. Mm-hmm. Uh, compassion is to bring about a renewing process. Uh, do I have a witness? Compassion is to raise somebody from the doldrums of their life to where God would have them to go. That's why one of the greatest and most effective chapters in the New Testament is Ephesians chapter 2. Because in Ephesians chapter 1, Jesus talks about the wisdom of the triune God. God planned it, the Son bought it, the Holy Ghost sealed it. But when he gets to chapter 2, he moves back out of heaven on earth and says, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, wait a minute, put it in context. Every time I got high, every time I got drunk, every time I was fornicating, every time I did this, I was a dead man walking. I, I was a dead man walking. The world, the world saw me another way. The world said, he's a lover. He, he dresses nice. He does that. But Jesus said, you was a dead man walking. But God, who's rich in mercy, when God touched me, I, I did a curly. I started turning around, and everything didn't change overnight. But now I'm in fellowship with the Most High God. Now my desires are changing with the Most High God. Now my destiny has changed. My direction has changed. My dynamic has changed. My dunamis has changed. I got power to live right. I got power. You want to be compassion? Yeah. Well, you got to release somebody. You can't hold stuff against them. You got to, uh-huh, uh, you got to renew. You got to release. And brother, pastor, you got to raise. You got to raise people out of the graveyards they're in with the word of God. You got to defy this devil. Devil, it won't work no more. Devil, you a liar. Devil, you have no power here. In the name of Jesus Christ. I do I have a witness. I told you uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz came out in 1935. I, I, I watched it every year in September. We grew up watching it. And one of my favorite parts was when the house fell on the, the witch's sister. And the ruby shoes were still on her feet. And Glendora, the good witch, if you can have one, was from the north. She showed up. And Dorothy was standing there, and, and Glendora told Dorothy, go get the shoes. They belong to you. See, the shoes is our eternal security. Nothing can happen to Dorothy as long as she's wearing them shoes. Can I get a witness? So the other, the other wicked sister showed up and looked at Glendora and said, you better stay out before I deal with you. And Glendora looked at her and said, ha ha. She said, away from here. You have no power here. Can I get a witness? Child of God, Satan ain't got no power here. Satan don't have no power here. All power is in his hands. All power is in the hands of Jesus. He has healing power. He 
has comeback power. He has get out power. He, he's got power. Doesn't he have power? Say yeah. He has power. He has power. He has power. And he's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. Do I have a witness? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. With all my messed up living, God was in heaven telling AIDS you can't touch him. The boy is blind as a bat, he's messed up, but AIDS, stay away from him. I got work for him to do. Can I get a witness? Death, don't come near his door. I'll tell him when he's coming home. Can I get a witness? Uh, sickness, you are not going to take him out. Um, God dictated up front um, uh, what he gave me to make it through. And when I get to that last day, I can look up and say, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. But now, I said, now, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Let's stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you want to be saved, Jesus Christ, Son of God, God the Son, died for all your sins, past, present, and future, was buried and rose again with all power in his hands. By asking him into your life, you can be saved, believing his report. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. We have four this morning. Just put your hand up. You want to give your life to Christ. Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join the church in your Christian experience. Raise your hand. Love to have you. Is there one? Jesus said, you'd be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Father, give us the power. Give us the power to release somebody that did something to us. Help us to let them go. Move us with compassion to forgive and to put them back in place of favor. Satan is a liar, Lord. And you said, if you forgive them, I'll forgive you. And it's in the matchless name of Jesus. Help us who are struggling with bitterness and letting others go. And we thank you for this valuable lesson in order that we may be blessed with peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's difficult, but it's doable. You must show compassion. God bless you. See you Wednesday. You have a, have a great holiday. Be careful.